0: I really felt as I was praying today, I was like, God, what can I bring this room full of incredible evangelists, people who are doing so much for you? What can I bring of worth to these people? And God just very simply said to me, Bring them some encouragement. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't sound so spectacular. And God was like, no, we all need encouragement. We all need encouragement because the truth is we all get discouraged, do we not? Sometimes, sorry to bring the tone down, but we do sometimes get discouraged. I had an experience recently that I found really discouraging. So I thought that I would share that with you. And it was a little while ago and I decided that I needed to get fitter which is all part of the general middle-age crisis situation that's going on in my life. So I decided I needed to get fitter. And a friend of mine, who's kind of wealthy, belongs to this really nice kind of gym bougie health club thing. And she said, I've got a couple of free tickets to come to some classes. Do you want to go? I was like, yes, I want to go. So she said, come to my favorite class next week. You'll love it, she said. And she invited me along to a class called Body Balance. Body Balance. Only it turns out my body cannot balance (laughs) at all, like under any circumstances. This is a balance-free zone, unless I hold on to the wall, which is apparently not the point of the class. So that didn't go very well. So that was the end of that. So she said, okay, don't forget body balance. Come along with me next week to my favorite class. You'll love it, she said. And it's something called a spin class some of you know this was a disaster waiting to happen and my friends if you want to know what humiliation looks like it looks like this it looks like being in a room with one person sat on a cycle at the front yelling really loudly while the music is blaring seven other very fit people in a semicircle going for it and me on the end person number eight who was trying to work out how in the world do you stand up on a cycle and do the legs thing at the same time it's black magic it's witchcraft, it should be stopped. I have got no idea. So within five minutes I realized I was in deep, 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 deep deep trouble. And I had two choices. I could either, bless my heart, just sit down on the saddle and turn the wheel slowly like I was on an afternoon ride and just go, nothing to see here, absolutely fine. Or I could step off the cycle go and pick up my bag and walk between said scary, shouty person and the other seven people and leave the room. And that is what I did. And then I went into the car outside and I cried my eyes out because I felt really discouraged. I actually felt humiliated. I felt like this was another failure in a long line of failures. That every time I tried something with fitness or health, it just all goes horribly wrong. And I felt like I'm never going to try again. There's no point. Every time I try, I just look stupid. I feel discouraged. And that is what discouragement is. It is the removal of courage. It is the disarming of our courage. And so I want us to think about what courage is today. And so in fact, I went the extra mile for you because you deserve it. Sammy knows what's coming. This is the least cool thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm not a very cool person to start with. But I actually bought the t-shirt for today. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, so I have a t-shirt with the word courage on it. My kids were like, please don't do this, Mum," But I did it anyway. It's the word courage. And at the center of the word courage is the French word cur, which means heart. And it means to take heart. It means to strengthen your heart. I wonder what the heart condition that you have today, what is the condition of your heart? If I was going to do a spiritual ECG, I wonder what the condition of your heart is. And so we've got courage, which is the condition of your heart. And then you have these two prefixes on the beginning of the word courage. You have over here on one hand, you have discourage. So this is, as I said, the disarming of your courage that tells you, actually, don't go again. You're gonna, every time you take a risk, you're going to look stupid, like someone else is better equipped for it. Leave it to Andy Hawthorne. And he knows what he's doing. You know, actually, every time I, I share my faith or I'm going to put my hand up and make a suggestion or I'm going to give that relationship another go, whatever it is that, it is that we need courage for, you know, there's something in us that, that can speak discouragement into us. But on the other hand, over here, we've got encouragement So if that's being disheartened, this is being heartened. This is our strength being heartened. This is when suddenly we can take risks for Jesus. This is where we can live wholeheartedly, love sacrificially, give generously when we are encouraged. And so when I say to you, I really feel like God wanted me to bring you some encouragement today, it wasn't just coming up here to go, hey, nice job, y'all, you're awesome, which You know, you are, and you know, nice job, jolly good work, keep going as you were, But it's far, far more than that. It's actually about bringing you courage, bringing you courage, because we all need courage and we all get discouraged. Some of you here have experienced some failures and some disappointments, and you know, it's all great, isn't it, when you come here, but the reality is some of us sometimes have doubts. We have fears and we wonder if we're going to be able to get through, and I would like to encourage you. Because the reality is we always live in the tension of both, and I only have one hand, but I would put out both hands at this point. We all live in the tension of both. If you look over here in your life, it's pretty discouraging. That person you've shared your faith with, that neighbor a hundred times, there seems to be no movement. If you're married, your spouse keeps you know, loading the dishwasher the wrong way, and it's just people are annoying, aren't they? Like, they really are sometimes. But over here, there's encouragement, and you can see God at work, and there's breakthrough, and there's funds coming in, and there's gullahs under Concord, and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So, we live in the tension of both of those things. But here's the thing, and it's been said already today, and I really think it's true we have an enemy of our souls. And he wants to steal and lie and destroy. And you know where he wants you to live? He wants you to dwell in the land of discouragement. He would love to disarm you of your courage. He would love to convince you that it's not worth going again. That it's not actually worth it. You're going to look stupid if you go again. Not to believe who we are. Not to stand strong in our calling. But God wants to encourage us today and so inevitably when I was praying about this I was drawn to Joshua 1 and how wonderful that Gary just prayed from Joshua 1 a moment ago so that makes me feel like maybe God was was with me and is with us and wants to speak to us I love Joshua I love his heart. He's the Jericho guy, you know. He's the one Jericho guy. But in Joshua 1, this is before the Jericho stuff has happened. And actually, it's a really significant moment, Joshua 1. It's the big old handover that is happening from Moses to Joshua. So Moses has died. And finally, Joshua gets handed the baton to lead the people of Israel into a season, into places, and to walk in places that Moses had never walked before. Big moment. And we're going to read it now because it's the Word of God and I just think it's, you know, worth spending a couple of minutes reading this passage because I actually really think there are some things in this passage that are going to speak to us about this pivotal moment that we are in at the moment. So if you've got your app or you've got a Bible with you and you want to turn to Joshua 1, let's just dig in to this passage because there are some things here that are going to encourage you. Joshua 1, 18 verses. Let's go for it. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory is going to extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it, from the right to the left, that you'll be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, "Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. 3 days from now you're going to cross the Jordan here from here and to take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember that command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you? When he said, God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives and children and livestock can stay in the land that Moses gave you on the east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, have got a crossover ahead of the Israelites. You're to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he's done for you. And until they've taken possession of the land the Lord's giving them. After that, you can go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you the east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. And then they answered Joshua, whatever you've commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we'll go. Just as we obeyed Moses, so we'll obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and doesn't obey it, whatever you command them, they'll be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. What a passage. What a moment in Old Testament history. Be strong and courageous. Four times, did you notice? And also an extra do not be discouraged thrown in for good measure. And this is the battle I believe that is on in our hearts. Discouragement and be strong and courageous. And it was the battle that was going on in Joshua's heart in this moment. You see, Joshua had a private battle to fight. And he was not gonna be able to go and fight the battles out there until he'd fought the battle in here. And it's a big battle to fight. And when you know anything about courage or resilience, and I've done a lot of reading and writing in these areas, you'll know that battles come on two fronts. They come internally, and they come externally. So it's the stuff that goes on inside you, all that discouragement and your identity and your confidence and all that stuff. But it's also the external battles, our circumstances, our worries, fundraising, challenges, things that just seem too big. And so let's think for a moment about Joshua. Can I get some more to Sammy? Let's think about Joshua and some of the battles that he was facing internally. So don't forget, by the way, that Joshua's already fought some battles on the inside. You remember he was one of the two spies that went into the land. You, you've done it, in, you know, a million times in Sunday school if you were in church growing up. Um, there's 12 spies go into the land. He's one of the two that says, "Yeah, we can do it. We can take this land." Ten others were like, "No." don't think we can and you know democracy they must have been baptists it worked and they didn't go into the land now if you were joshua thank you so much if you were joshua would you not get a bit cheesed off about that from time to time when you were wandering around the wilderness for 40 years would you be miffed every now and then i would yeah he's just a human being isn't he and he's had to learn to deal with that. He's had to learn to come to terms with the fact that he didn't go in. And here's the other thing I just think is fascinating about this. He was Moses' aide. So let's just think about this for a minute. Moses, greatest leader that probably ever lived. The Bible calls him a friend of God. Absolutely, insanely brilliant leader. And now Joshua gets to be the next leader after Moses, and you think you get imposter syndrome from time to time. Can you just imagine what that would have been like? Following Moses, are they gonna follow me? Are they gonna listen to me? This is Moses, it's the going up the mountain, 10 commandments, dude. You know, are they gonna follow me the same way as they did? But Joshua had served faithfully for years and years and years. He was okay with being number two. I read an amazing quote from Leonard Bernstein, the composer and the conductor who wrote the music for West Side Story. And he said, I can get plenty of first violinists, but to find one who plays second violin with as much enthusiasm, that's a problem. And yet if no one plays second, we have no harmony. And Joshua was a man who was okay playing second fiddle. He was okay, his character was good. God rewards character. He sees what happens in the secret places. He honors those who are faithful. And now it's Joshua's time to step up and everyone is looking at Joshua. You know, do you think he had any self-doubt in that moment? Well, I think he did. Because if God had to say be strong and courageous four times in a row, I'm thinking maybe he needed to hear it. And we all have internal battles, don't we? We all do, if we're honest. I was um, speaking a couple of years ago at New Wine Festival, and I'd been asked to speak in the arena, which is, I don't know how many thousands of people, but it's a lot. Huge privilege. And frankly, terrifying. So um, I went there and I was feeling quite nervous. And if when you're speaking, you get to go to this, you know, little green room thing before with all the other speakers. And I was there, you know, eating my dinner and being friendly when this guy came up to speak to me. I'm five foot tall, he's six foot three, he swaggers up to me with more testosterone than you can imagine in a human being. Absolutely full confidence, loads of charisma, amazing guy. Um, I'll call him Jim. He wasn't Jim. And He comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, uh, I'm Jim. Who are you?" And I said, "Oh, hi, I'm 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 Kathy." He says, "So, what are you doing tonight?" And I said, "Oh, uh, well, actually, I'm speaking in, in 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 the arena." And he looked at me and he was like, "Oh, well, of course, I spoke in the arena last week. You know, I'm actually speaking in the other venue tonight, but I do speak in the arena." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, you. You know, whatever." Um, and. But actually, what was happening in that moment, if I'm really honest, was that my confidence was just draining away. Like, absolutely draining away. And I just stood there looking at this superhero who I'd want to go and hear preach. I'd want to go and hear him. And I sat there thinking, why would they listen to you? Gosh, when they could be listening to Jim. Like, he's amazing. And I could just feel my confidence draining away. So in a moment of, I don't know what it was, courage, wisdom, stupidity, I don't know, I looked at Jim and I said, Jim, I'm actually a bit nervous. Do you ever get nervous? Do you ever, like, get scared when you go and preach? And it was like everything changed. And his demeanor completely dropped. And he said to me, Every time I stand up on stage to preach, the last thing that I hear in my ear before I stand up is the enemy's voice saying, you think you've got anything useful to say? And he said, and then I preach and I sit down and the first thing I hear is the same voice saying, told you so. And I was like, okay. Like we all have internal battles. None of us are superheroes, are we? We all have internal battles going on and it's not just about speaking. It's not just about leading. It is about sharing our faith with the person next to us. It is about raising funds. It is dealing with that difficult relationship. Whatever it is that we're facing where we're going, can I do it? Have I got what I need to be able to do this in this moment? The enemy would love to disarm you of courage and leave you disheartened. But it's not just internal battles. There are the external battles as well. And we just need to notice this about Joshua in this moment. He was just about to lead the people into a place they had never walked before into a season they had never lived in before, in a land that was totally unknown to them. Massive uncertainty ahead of them. And when he says, actually, guys, we're going to cross the Jordan River, it tells us a couple of chapters time. The Jordan River's in full flow at the time. So this is like the wrong time of year to be crossing the Jordan River. So his first act as leader is to say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to do the impossible. That's what he's asking them to do, his first act as a new leader. So there's a reason that God has to come and tell tell Joshua time and time again, be strong and courageous, because frankly, what he's looking at is not easy. I'm inspired by the stuff I'm hearing today because it's God's size, isn't it? It's not our size, it's God's size. If it's our size, we don't need God. If it's God's size, we do. And the thing that I'm really pleased about is if a dude like Joshua, who was one of the greatest warriors that ever lived, needs a giant pep talk from God to be strong and courageous, then frankly, it's all right if we do from time to time. When we look at one area of our life and we feel discouraged, it's like God's going, be strong and courageous. Where you're walking is uncharted territory. You've never gone this way before. It's a season you've never seen before. Promises are going to be fulfilled that you've been waiting for for a long time, but you've never crossed this river before. Be strong and courageous. And we need encouraging because the antidote to discouragement is not just less discouragement. It is encouragement. And someone has already said this, this today already. We have to come against things in the opposite spirit, don't we? So if there is anger, you have to come against it with peace. If there's stinginess and meanness, you come against it with generosity. If there's despair, you come against it with hope. If you are discouraged, you don't just need a little bit less discouragement, you need encouragement. You need encouragement. And first of all, Joshua gets this from the outside, external. External challenges need external encouragement. That's what I wanna tell you. External challenges need external encouragement. And the first thing Joshua does is ask for help. He goes out and he asks the people, are you ready for the task ahead of you? Now that probably doesn't seem like a big deal when you read the passage without context. But the people that he went and spoke to, did you notice who they were? The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh. So here's the thing about them. They've already been given their land to rest in. They negotiated with Moses. They were like, we like it here. Can we stay here? And Moses was like, sure, you can stay here on the condition that when they go into the promised land, you have to leave your comfort and your convenience and your nice life, thank you very much, and you have to go and battle for your friends to take the ground. And so Joshua needs to know, does the deal still stand? Like, are they still with me like they were with Moses, and they answered you, if you got it there in verse 16, it says, whatever you command us to do, we'll do it, just as we obeyed Moses, we'll, we'll obey you too, only be strong and courageous. And this is the final time we hear these words in this passage, and it's not from God this time, It's from other people. Don't you need other people to add the yes and amen of what God is saying? We need to hear it from God for ourselves, but also we need to hear it from other people. Can you imagine what this did for Joshua? Can you just imagine? And have you ever experienced that when other people have been like, I'm with you. I'm standing with you in it. We need our tribe. We need our people. We need people who frankly will sacrifice some of their own comfort. Will sacrifice some of their own rest and their own convenience to fight on our behalf. And we need to be those people too who'll do it for other people. Because the reality is the more isolated we get and the more alone we get and the more convinced we are that we're the only ones who struggle with this actually, the more the enemy will disarm our courage. We need each other. We need external support. But also... Of course, we need that internal strength from God. And God says to Moses three times, be strong and courageous. I am with you just as I was with Moses. I am with you. He looks into Joshua's heart and goes, I know, dude, you're not Moses. But you have me with you and I'm the same God that was with Moses, and I'm with you now. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And then he says, just keep the book of law on your hearts, meditate on it day and night. And I would just wanna add this, and I felt strongly to say this, actually, This is really, really key and core in this passage. And we really do have to remember to keep the word of God at the heart of who we are and what we do. We cannot share truth and we cannot embody truth that we do not know. That's the reality of it. And you know that you are walking theology, don't you? You are the only textbook that some people will ever read. And we can't embody what we don't know. We need to get into the word of God. The only way that Jesus could fight the enemy in the wilderness was with the word of God. And in Ephesians, it tells us it's the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And right in this passage, in the middle time that God says to Moses, be strong and courageous, he's like, but do not depart from the word of God. Just keep it on your heart. It's part of how we encourage ourselves, because God wants you to be strong and courageous. He's never going to leave you and never going to forsake you. So I thought I'd draw to a close by sharing with you um, what I have learned from my latest physical challenge, a bit more encouraging this time. I think I should have my own TV series, a bit like kind of Bear Grylls, but not. Um, But I thought, you know, I'd share with you another physical challenge. A few weeks ago, I got to go on holiday to Morocco. Morocco some lovely friends who knew we'd been having a hard time actually bought us a a trip to Morocco. That's what you call a tribe. Get those friends, they're great. So we were in Morocco and we decided to go uh, for a a trip up the mountains, up the Atlas Mountains, and it was amazing. So the Atlas Mountains are incredible. You've got snow-capped mountains here. You've got the Sahara Desert here. Awesome. And you go up the mountains for hours to these villages where the Berber people live. So they're Berber villages. And we, we travel for hours and we get to this Berber village. And we get out of the minibus and we're met by a Berber guide. And he says, Would you like to go on a walk to a waterfall? Lovely, I think. Who doesn't love a waterfall? Now, my husband, who's uh, registered blind, he, he can't see very much. So my husband decides to stay by the river in the cafe uh, there. And I'm like, Yeah, sure, I'll go see a waterfall. Friends, this was, not, this was not a nice walk to a waterfall. This was two hours of bouldering. It was extraordinary. It was like extreme sport. And so I'm like half an hour up this mountain, and our Berber guide says to me, you just need to... Cross the river again. It was like the fifth time we crossed the river. And he said to me, you just need to jump from this rock here, touch briefly on that plank of wood in the middle of the river, and then bounce onto that rock there. And I looked at him and I said, I actually can't do this. I'm really sorry. I'm exhausted. I've done it. I'm covered in water already. I just can't do it. And this guy, bless his heart, he looked at me and he said, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I said, mate, I've known you for 15 minutes. No, like, like actually not really. So, stranger danger, you know. And then he... He said to me, no, listen, I have grown up on this mountain. I have walked these paths from the moment I could walk. I, could, I know every rock. I know every boulder. I could probably do this route with my eyes closed. All you need to do is hold out my hand and trust me. And so I was like, okay. So I put out my hand and he grabbed it and we began to set off at frankly an appalling pace. It was very, very fast. And we just began to move. And all I had to do, all I could do was keep my eyes fixed on him. Do not look back. Do not ask stupid questions. Do not begin to wonder and second guess whether he's doing the right thing. Just look at where he puts his feet, put my feet where he put his feet. And one rock at a time, one step at a time, eventually we get to the promised land of the waterfall at the top. It was amazing. And I stood there thinking, I could climb Mount Everest if this guy takes me. It would be amazing. I was so full of courage. I was so full of joy. It was an amazing, amazing moment. All I had to do was trust him and follow him. And I guess I just want to remind us as you continue on this expedition of faith ahead of you, It's going to take courage. It takes courage to be a follower of Jesus. It takes courage to say, yes, Lord, and to obey what he is saying and to put our faith into action and to sacrifice our comfort and to step out in faith. But the good news is we do not go alone. We do not go alone. Jesus, your good shepherd, has gone ahead of you. There is not a temptation. There is not a rejection. There is not a disappointment that he has not faced and he knows the way. He has been there and he's just holding out his hand and going, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Because I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And I believe with all of my heart that there are rivers you are gonna cross and there are mountains that you are gonna climb in this season that are like nothing you've ever done before. I believe that God is taking you to places you've never been before. And I believe, and I felt this in my spirit, that God is gonna fulfill promises that you've been waiting a long time to be fulfilled. He's gonna do it, he's on the move. It's a season to move forwards again. He's on the move and he's asking us to move with him and he's not gonna leave us and he's not gonna forsake us ever. So be strong and courageous. Be encouraged today.